The letter of James, I'm going to focus on today, verse 1, chapter 1, verse 17. Every generous act of giving with every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Every perfect gift is from above. Today, I want to start what will be a two-part sermon series entitled, The Folly of a Fast-Paced Faith. The Folly of a Fast-Paced Faith. My friends, I'm a skilled traveler. Just ask my family. It drives them crazy. I can pack a bag in roughly three minutes. My TTP number secures me TSA pre-check. My Skyline status and credit card comes with a concierge service. I'm a skilled traveler. But along with being a skilled traveler, I'm a, I'm a proficient traveler. You should see me navigate this nation's busiest airport, Jackson Hartsfield, Atlanta International Airport. I'm a clear member. No need to pull out a boarding pass or ID, I just tap my fingerprint and I whiz through security. I know all of the back elevators. I know which train to ride to get the first shot at the escalator. I'm a proficient traveler. Friends, not only am I proficient and I'm a skilled traveler, I'm also an efficient traveler. I know how many steps are between the T-gates and Terminal A. Quite often I'll opt to walk between the gates in order to both get to my gate and progress toward my daily 10,000 step goal. Sometimes I will even hit my timer to measure how long it takes me to get from the car through security to my gate. My record is four minutes. I'm trying to tell somebody, I'm a skilled traveler. <laughs> I'm a proficient traveler. I am an efficient traveler. Yet despite my skill, my proficiency, and my efficiency, I learned something about my home airport last week. While traveling back here to Boston with Cecily and the kids, we came off the train at the A-gates. And I heard Cecily say that this is Baldwin's favorite part of the airport. He loves to walk through it. I was curious as to what she was referring to. So since we had some time before we departed our flight, I grabbed his hand and I said, come on, Baldwin, let's walk. And as we looked up to the ceiling between the A and the B gates, I saw something that I never noticed before. It was an art display simulating a rainforest. 
The art display is called Flight Paths, and it was a 4.1 million installation that was placed there a couple of years ago, and it's a virtual forest replete with 24,000 LED lights, simulated rainstorms, and the sounds of 31 different species of birds. Baldwin and I began to walk through, and he says, look, Daddy, here comes the birds. The next thing I know, image of birds broke through the clouds. Listen to the rain, Daddy. Thunder rumbled with a calming rhythmic roll, and right there in the middle of the terminal, the terminal that I've walked through over a dozen times in the last year alone, my six-year-old son invited me to look up and accompany him through an enchanted forest. He invited me to look up and experience a world of art, awe, and wonder. Needless to say, my friends, I learned an important lesson on that day. Though I prided myself on being a skilled, a proficient, and an efficient traveler, that skill, proficiency, and efficiency blinded me to an incredible reality that rested right above my head. And as we welcome entering and returning students to this campus, I think we might all learn something from my experience last week. For you, our skilled thinkers, you are proficient in the arts, the humanities, the sciences. That's why you're here. You've developed incredible learning habits. That's why you work efficiently, efficiently. But it is also possible to go through life with skill and precision in your chosen field and lose sight of this beautiful thing we call wonder and amazement. It's possible to lose touch of the beauty and bliss of life. And as you enter this journey, as you hop on this moving sidewalk of campus life, let me warn you of the folly of a fast-paced faith. That's what the writer of James is doing in today's text. The letter of James that we read, it's similar to the wisdom literature of the Hebrew Bible. It's full of aphorisms and practical instruction. It's full of sage advice and wise words, but there's something different about this letter than the book of Proverbs or the book of Ecclesiastes. Whereas practical wisdom in antiquity was often about becoming proficient in one's place in the world, the book of James emphasizes personal virtue, wisdom, it's not just about what you want to do and how to do it well, according to James, but rather he focuses on what type of people do we seek to be. In this regard, New Testament scholar Luke Timothy Johnson, he nails it. He says that the letter of James is more concerned with morals than manners. It's more concerned with ethical thinking than successful doing. For if you get the former right, then the latter will take care of itself. 
The author of James, he affirms a duality of existence. There's the wisdom of the world, and then there's the wisdom of God. The wisdom of the world focuses on success and status, yet the wisdom of God focuses on character and community. The wisdom of the world focuses on achievement and recognition, but the wisdom of God focuses on beauty, love, and joy. Oh, it's not, my friends, don't get me wrong, it's not that the author is saying that there's anything inherently wrong with success and achievement. We all seek it. We all desire recognition. That's natural. But... But if you and I don't privilege character, community, beauty, and love, then our worldly pursuits will lead us to a dangerous place. The wisdom of the world. Oh, the wisdom of the world without character leads us to envy and avidity. The wisdom of the world, young people, Oh, without beauty of art leads us to animosity and acrimony. The wisdom of the world without love and humility leads us to venom and violence. The wisdom of the world without character leads us to the art of the deal, not a heart for humanity. This is why the letter James encourages us to pay attention to the divine, slow down our pursuits, savor the scent of the sacred, decelerate from the daily grind, enjoy winsome winks and instants of awe, take time to look up and look around. For then we will see that every generous act with every perfect gift, it comes from above. A fast-paced faith, my friends, is yet another extension of the world's wisdom. A fast-paced faith is just another example of us privileging results over morals and means. A fast-paced faith uses religion as just another way to attain our worldly ambitions. Our fast faith then becomes just another distraction. We opt for the urgent over the important the notable over the necessary, then we wonder why that even in the church, among those who claim faith, we find ourselves so stressed out day to day. Uh, I've heard stress somewhere described as the silent killer. Yeah, I've heard stress described, Brother Palmer, as the silent killer. I've also heard somewhere that the greatest trick of the devil is to convince us that he doesn't exist. And this is why I regard stress now as demonic. For this is part of the enemy's artillery to make us so busy, to keep us so engrossed, to have us so inundated by titillating yet empty activity and mind-numbing noise that there's no time for prayer. There's no time for compassion. 
There's no time to see the divine in the face of others. There's no time to see God's handiwork in the quotidian details that frame our daily existence. For instance, consider those who facilitate our learning on campuses like this. I'm not talking about the big-name professors that often make students giddy when they see them walking by. Nor am I talking about the celebrity sightings that have us grabbing for our phones for a selfie. I'm talking about the men and women who do so much to make our lives possible, but more often than not, their labor goes unrecognized and unacknowledged on this campus the labor that you and I too often take for granted. I'm talking about the custodial staff, dining hall workers, the grounds crew, campus security, clerical and technical workers. For on campuses like ours, these are the unsung heroes of any campuses. Classrooms don't clean themselves. Food doesn't miraculously appear. Schedule and section times don't just fall into place. Yet in our laser-like focus on becoming the next Socrates or Marie Curie, many of us ignore the miracle workers whose gift of care and commitment bless us each and every day. I heard somewhere that hands that serve are as beautiful as lips that pray. So young people, all of us in here, we should do ourselves a favor and we should get to know those whose labor makes our existence possible. Speak to them, get to know them, Ask them about their families. Thank them with kind words and small gifts. Lend them a helping hand from time to time. Ask to post selfies with them. For these are the true rock stars of our campus. In fact, this may be why the Bible tells us to open our arms to those who we do not know. Because in doing so, we might just be entertaining an angel. The same is true of our relationships. Social media, social media for all of its import and all of its capacity, it can deprive us. Our phones, yes, they make us more efficient, but they can also render our relationships more anemic. For what's the point, young people? What's the point of having 10,000 followers if you don't have time for a single true friend, look up. Why keep our heads down thumbing through hundreds of likes if it causes us to ignore those few in our house that merit our love and our devotion? Look up. You and I can become so consumed with the chase that we fail to take time to dream. Look up. Some of you, has anybody here ever heard of the phenomenon of inattention blindness? It's when we lose sight of the otherwise obvious because we're so focused on a selective task. This was proven by Professor what's now famously known as the invisible gorilla test. 
The Invisible Gorilla Test is a video that shows six individuals, three in white t-shirts and three in black t-shirts, and they're tossing the ball around as they move in a circle. And researchers, they asked respondents to count the number of times that the ball is passed between those wearing white t-shirts. Yet during this exercise, someone in a gorilla suit dances across the screen and gives a thumbs up. Well, would you know that over half of respondents totally missed the gorilla dancing by? For they were so focused on getting the answers right that they missed an obvious dancing gorilla. And I want you to walk out of this place thinking about this question. How many times have we missed God right before us? We were so focused on our skill, we were so focused on our proficiency and our efficiency that we might have missed moments of joy. We may have missed moments of beauty. We may have missed moments of love. God danced right before our faces, and we missed it. In the words of John Lennon, life is what happens when we're busy making other plans. So I'm here to tell you today, slow down. Don't forget to decelerate. And look up for every perfect gift comes from above. Let the church say amen.